the longest running TV show on the Pursuit Channel. And our main goal with what we do, obviously we love to hunt, we love the outdoors, but we love to be able to take that common ground of the outdoors and share with our audience. I'm so excited to be with you guys on February the 3rd. Now that's a Friday uh, with you guys there at Putnam City Baptist Church. They're gonna actually have an expo, an outdoor expo that's gonna start at 3 p.m. Uh, doors are gonna open, have lots of things going on, and then we're gonna have dinner at 6 p.m. Now this is a great event to invite an outdoorsman or an outdoors woman that loves the outdoors, but maybe they're not plugged into church. Maybe, they're, uh, maybe they don't have a relationship with Jesus. This is an awesome event to invite them to. Because uh, they're going to be able to come, they're going to have a great time, have some good fellowship, we're going to eat some good food, but I promise you, they're going to hear the gospel. So if you're interested in attending this event, the link is below for that. Click it, go get your tickets, and I am excited to be with you guys on February the 3rd uh, for our wild game dinner. Hope to see you there. Hard to believe February will be here before we know it, so before you got out for the holidays, we want to remind you that event is coming up. We believe because of Brad Clay and his notoriety in this area that that will fill up very quickly. If you know of somebody you could use that as a ministry event, please get them registered online as soon as possible. If you look to the front of your chairs, find a connect card or scan the QR code that's in your bulletin or it's up on the screen. That will give you a digital connect card and we can hear about anything going on in your life in the form of a prayer request or any ministry needs that you might have. Can we get the scan code up there on the screen? Here we go. You can scan that with your phone sometime here very quickly. That'll pull up for you as well. Let us know how we can minister to you as we go into the holidays. Today's a little different. We're celebrating the Lord's Supper, so we will end with the supper. So we're getting some of the announcements up front. And I uh, want to remind you, you'll hear it again in a moment, but we have two Christmas Eve services coming up. Christmas, a week from today, don't show up. We're going to be doing worship online. We have a family interactive experience that will be available to you. You can open that up anytime your family wants to celebrate Christmas with us on Christmas Day. You'll be able to view that. It has some interactive things for you to do at home. It's a very, very powerful ministry opportunity on Christmas Day, and you'll be hearing more about that here in just a minute. But right now, let's get on our feet, move around the room, welcome somebody to PCBC.
All right, church family, if you begin to move back to your seats, go ahead and stay standing. We're going to walk into our prayer time. I haven't had a chance to kind of lead us during our prayer time yet this month. And uh, it's a special time of year for us as a people. It's a time where we focus and emphasize uh, God's work among the nations. We give to that. We pray for that. We, we are mindful of that. And so uh, it's just kind of a special month. And I, I just want to say here as we kind of walk into this time that I am 100% certain about something for 2023. And it's this, that God will be calling us as a church and the people of PCBC to go to the nations. I know that. And the reason is because scripture tells us that. Because that is God's heart and desire. God's desire is to redeem the nations. And every inch of this earth where sin and death were able to get to, God wants to make sure that truth and life get there as well. We also know that God's heart is for the nations, for all peoples, tribes, tongues. And so not only is that God's heart, but that is the calling of the church. As we look at Matthew 28, 19 and 20, what does it say? It says that our purpose, the reason why we exist is to do what? Is to make disciples of all nations. So I know with 100% certainty and confidence that God will be calling the people of PCBC to the nations this year. Here's the question. Will we say yes? Will we say yes? I'm praying that this year God would send at least 50 people from PCBC on short-term missions. Whether that be somewhere here in America or somewhere internationally. And I'm praying that God would call out and that someone would say yes to dedicating their lives to going to the nations from PCBC this year. Whether that be an individual or whether that be a family. That's what I'm praying this year, that God would do that. As we pray this morning for Costa Rica and as we pray for Latin America, we prayed for Africa, we prayed for, for the U.S. and New York City. Costa Rica is a place where we've sent teams personally. Many of you may have been other places in the Americas at some, some time or other. But we're going to pray for our brothers and sisters all over the Americas. And so what I want to do now is I want to invite you to come. If you would like to come and bow here at the altar and kneel, if you'd like to do that at your chair, I want to invite you to just do that. I think it's helpful just to take a posture of prayer and step out and be expressive and participatory in, that, in, in this moment. Um, you're welcome to stay where you're at. But we're going to enter into a time of prayer for us as a church to say yes to God's calling to go to the nations this year. And for our brothers and sisters in Latin America and what God is doing there as well. After, after we've had a few moments to do that, I'm going to pray in English. And then Brother Tim Stairs is going to come and he's going to lead us in a prayer in Spanish as well. Let's pray.
God, I pray that you would cut through the noise of this world and our own hearts and minds this coming year so that we might hear your call and your command as your people on our lives. God, let us respond with yes. God, I pray that you would do a new and a fresh work in our church. I pray that you would use us to do things that you haven't used us to do before because we said yes. God, give us a heart and a love for the nations like you have. Give us a heart and a love for our community and our state and our country like you have. God, for the loss like you have. God, forgive us for our complacency, our laziness, our selfishness, our comfort. God, forgive us for those things. God, I pray for our brothers and sisters, our family that are in Mexico, that are in Guatemala, that are in Costa Rica, that are in Panama, that are in Brazil, that are in Chile, that are in Venezuela, that are in Ecuador this morning. God, we pray over them. We pray with them. God, that you would fill them with your spirit. God, that you would raise up healthy leaders. God, that you would give them wisdom and understanding and clarity about who to be and how to live as your people. God, I pray that you would be with our missionaries in those places, that you would empower their ministry to continue to go forth. God, I pray that you would help them to reach their communities in ways that they never have before. God, let the light of the gospel shine brightly through them. Encourage them if they are discouraged. Strengthen them if they are weak. Uplift them if they are downtrodden. Give to them if they are in need. God, we pray that for our brothers and sisters in those places this morning. In Jesus' name. Padre nuestro, te damos gracias otra vez por la oportunidad de reunirnos aquí a celebrar su nacimiento de su hijo y también para adorarte y aprender más de ti. Yo doy gracias hoy que ayer la gente guave de México celebraron 50 años de tener el Nuevo Testamento en su idioma. Anímalos a completar el Antiguo Testamento también. Y en Costa Rica, Padre, Dennis y Nanda están sirviendo en una iglesia que nosotros en otro tiempo pudimos ayudar. Ayúdanos a seguir orando por ellos y apoyándolos en cualquier manera que podemos. Y también, oh Padre, en Venezuela, mucha necesidad y tenemos allá pastores conocidos que estamos apoyando un poco con finanzas. Anímalos y ayúdalos en este, estos tiempos tan difíciles allá y abre las puertas para que nosotros en otro tiempo podemos regresar para ayudarlos y llevar el evangelio a sus comunidades. Pedimos todo esto en el nombre de Jesucristo. Amén. Let's stand and worship together.
When I look at your head, moon and stars, you set in motion, oh God. I see no glory and honor. What is man in my mind? Son of man, would care for him. We sing all glory and honor, oh Lord, our Lord. Oh, how awesome are your ways, how majestic is your name in all the
Amen. We look forward to that day where we can see him face to face. Let's pray together. Jesus, we come before you so humbled to be a part of um, just your body, Lord, that you have given us a seat at the table and that you have allowed us a chance to return to you and to be able to live with you forever, Lord, when we absolutely deserve nothing, Lord. It is our fault that we deserve the grave, and it is your will that you saved us, Lord, and you're constantly saving us. Thank you again for your, your great sacrifice. Uh, may we draw near to you this morning as we observe the Lord's Supper and, uh, and remember what you did on that cross, Lord, for us and for all of humanity. Thank you again for your many blessings, and we look forward to seeing you someday face to face. Pray this in your name. Amen. You may be seated. What's up, church family? Welcome back to Connection Points. I'm Caleb, and this is... True. Church, we will have two Christmas Eve services this year. One will be at 3.30 p.m. and the other at 5 p.m. And with that, for this Christmas Sunday, we are going to have only one online Christmas service. Now, this isn't going to be an ordinary service. Our creative team is working really hard to make something special this year, and you do not want to miss out on it. Also, don't forget, on January 1st, we will only have one service starting at 9.45 a.m. Next, we want to talk about several ways that you can give to ministries. We have the Lottie Moon Giving which is a yearly offering for the International Missions Board. We have the Ron Jackson Mission Fund, which helps fund missionaries and donates to their needs. And we also have the Year Ends Giving. Don't miss out on these opportunities to serve. Lastly, after all the holiday craziness, our Wednesday night recharge will kick back up on January 11th. You can find all of these events online by typing in pcbc.tv events. Well, it's your first, uh, your first uh, connection points here. How you feel? I, mean, I feel pretty good. That's my second one. I feel pretty good, too. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, we will uh, see you next time. How about them apples? The next generation of connection points. Well done, guys. Super good. If you have your Bibles, go to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. As we get ready to come together to the Lord's table this morning to celebrate the one who was born in a manger... We also remember he's the one that made it all the way to a cross. When I was growing up, I loved manger scenes. I just thought they were cool, and we'd set them up, and I knew that was the beginning of Christmas, and I, everybody loves sweet baby Jesus. Come on, even Ricky Bobby, sweet baby Jesus. Can I get an amen from the congregation? But remember that sweet baby Jesus, who was born in a manger, made his way to the cross. And it's by his stripes that we would be healed. We're going to dig in on some of that this morning as we gather today. It's a beautiful time to do that. First time we've done it on Sunday morning since COVID, if you can believe that. We've been doing them on Sunday evenings in the last year and a half or so. And now we're bringing it back together on Sunday morning. And it's a great, great time to relaunch on Sunday mornings as we remember his birth, but also his life, his death, and his resurrection. So why was Jesus born? Let's take a look at it. John chapter 1, verse 14. Jesus said, as often as we take this supper that we're about to take, we are to remember. Well, let's remember several things today. Let's remember, one, why he was born in the first place. Take a look at it, verse 14. And the Word, capital W, speaking of Jesus, the Word became flesh. It doesn't say Jesus was born. Jesus all of a sudden came into existence. Jesus has always been. He is the living God, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. 
There's been no beginning. He is God. He has always been. But over 2,000 years ago, he did come to this earth. He became flesh, God in the flesh. This wasn't just a baby who was born. This wasn't just a man who would bring a new religion to the planet. It was God taking on flesh. He dwelt among us and we saw his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of, underline that last phrase, full of what? Grace and truth. Jesus is truth. He isn't a truth. He isn't just another form of truth. He just didn't bring some good things to say so we could live better lives. He is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life, period. There is no other way, there is no other truth, there is no other life outside of this one who was born in a manger. But not only did he bring us the truth, the Bible says here he also brought us grace. And When you think about Christmas this season, if you're not careful, you'll be thinking about gifts and you'll forget about the gift. Gifts at Christmas time are a great picture of the gospel. Gifts are things that people give us. Uh, we have not earned them or deserved them. Matter of fact, all of us are on the naughty list. Can I get an amen from all who be transparent, right? None of us deserve them. But people will love us by giving us a gift that we don't deserve. They'll pay the price. They'll go out and purchase it. Unless they're rehashing a white elephant gift that went bad this season. I get that. That's a possibility. But for most cases, people will purchase a gift. They will offer that to you. And you have a choice whether to receive it. Well, the very first Christmas gift that ever came to any person on this planet came from this one who was born in the cradle. The one who would give the greatest gift with the greatest price ever paid as he would make his way to the cross, dying for the sins of all flesh. A substitutionary death, the Lord Jesus Christ, brings us this gift called grace. Grace, by definition, is something we don't deserve. Not a single one of us deserved the cradle or the cross. Not a single one of us deserved how much Jesus loved us unconditionally. For all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But God so loved you and me that he came to this earth. That's why we declared earlier his name is what? Emmanuel. When I was 17, I started going to a church called Emmanuel, spelled just like that. Emmanuel Baptist Church. Sean Keels is now the pastor of that church where I was saved. And I remember showing up, I thought, Emmanuel, what a weird name. Didn't know what it meant. Emmanuel means what? God with us. Grace with us. Truth with us. God left his throne in heaven and he took on flesh. And he came to live among us so that he could die for each and every one of us. That's why Emmanuel is also known as the Savior of the world. He was born to be a Savior, to take away the sins of the world. But there is another descriptor that you may not think of when you think of Jesus at Christmas. Maybe you think of Emmanuel, maybe you think of Savior. Let me take you to this one. Go to Mark chapter 2. And let's take a look at Jesus, our great physician. Jesus, our great physician. Mark chapter 2, uh, Jesus, it almost looks like you're looking in on a family Christmas setting. Jesus is hanging out with a bunch of people he cared about, and he's in the recliner. Take, it out, look, take a look. He's reclining with all his friends and some people he cared about. The challenge is that he was reclining with people that most rabbis don't recline with in those days. It says that they were sinners and tax collectors. 
religious people of Jerusalem wanted nothing to do with the sinners. So that's kind of strange because we've all sinned. And yet there's a spirit of religion that can overtake a person's soul to think, well, I'm better than someone else, or I've arrived and they haven't. And here's Jesus hanging out with people who were hurting, people who were deceived by their sin. And they came to the disciples and they said, why is he eating with these tax collectors and these sinners? And hearing this, Jesus said to them, it's not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. In other words, Jesus was saying, listen, the reason I'm here, the reason I was born in a manger, the reason I took on flesh is I came to be a great physician for those who are sick. Who's that? That's you and that's me. That was these tax collectors and these sinners. That was the Pharisees that were coming and bringing this indictment. It was for each and every one of us. We all are sick in our sin. And we need a physician. We need someone who can bring healing. And Jesus is that healer. But when we look at this concept of the great physician and we look at the concept of God the healer, notice the context of this passage. I came for those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. What Jesus was trying to get them to understand is we have all been infected. We all carry this virus that sin has brought to the human condition. And that virus called sin separates us from a holy God. Not because he doesn't love us. He proved how much he loved us when he sent his son to be born in the manger. When he took it all the way to the cross at Calvary. That's God's proof of his love for you. But God is separated from us because by definition, holiness cannot have any presence of sin. So my sin separates me from God, and so I needed a physician. I needed a cure. It doesn't come in the form of a vaccine. It comes in the form of the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's look at some other verses on this healer and his healing. Go to Psalm 103. Psalm 103 Verses 2 and 3. The psalmist said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget any of his benefits. That speaks again of his grace, the things that God pours out into our lives that we don't deserve, these gifts, these benefits. Don't forget all that God is and all that he's done for you. As you come to this table, don't forget the benefits that are ours through Christ. Don't forget how those benefits came to us through a broken body and through his shed blood. Don't forget, but remember. And remember the one who forgives all your iniquity. Not some. Not just the things that are forgivable in our eyes, but all of our sin who heals all of our diseases. There are a lot of people today that want to take this verse And they want to claim it because they need a physical healing. Now, I will tell you this. I believe God is a healer physically, emotionally, and spiritually. I believe he heals all areas of our life. I believe strongly in healing. Me and my wife have been praying for her healing from Parkinson's since 2012. We pray for that. My year-and-a-half-old grandson has just been tested positive for COVID. We pray for his healing. We believe God heals. God is a healer. But when you look at the context of what this is Speaking of, look at what the healing is tied to. It is tied to our iniquities. Yes, he is a healer. But if all we get is physical healing this side of heaven, all we get is a temporary band-aid. Jesus didn't come just to make us physically well. 
Jesus came to make us completely well. And so when you look at these things, make sure you don't take a passage and twist it to what you want it to say in the moment you have. Let it say what Jesus declared it to say. He came to be your healer. Why did you need healing? Because you have sickness called sin. You and I both needed a healer. And so another verse that gets lumped in with this one, misappropriated, is Isaiah 53 and verse 5. Isaiah 53 and verse 5. We're going to look at the verse, and then when we come to the table, we're going to look at the context of the verse. And what you're going to see is that Isaiah was prophesying about the great physician. And when he prophesied about this great physician, he prophesied about his birth. He prophesied about his life. He prophesied about his mission. He prophesied about a cross that had not yet been invented by man. Is that amazing? He prophesied about something that had not yet existed from the cradle to the cross. And so we'll come back and we'll look at context, but look at the verse very quickly. Look at verse 5. For Jesus was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Again, look at the context. He's not talking about he was crushed for COVID. He was crushed for the flu bug. He was crushed for cancer. All those things are very real, and God heals those things. I believe he is a healing God. The context of this passage is the greatest illness every one of us were infected with in this room, and that's our sin. Keep that in mind. Because of that, the cross. Because of that, a cradle. He would be born to die. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him, and by his scourging, or by his stripes, we are what? Healed. Isaiah was prophesying a healing that every person in this room needs, a healing that every person viewing online needs this side of heaven. You see, we've all been infected, we've all sinned, and we've all come short of the glory of God, and again, that brings the wages of our sin, which is death. And so Isaiah prophesies there's a great physician. There's one who can heal you. And it would happen as he would take on a cross. He would be crushed because of your sin and mine. And by the stripes that were laid on his back, by the piercing in his side and his hands and his feet, by those piercings, by those stripes, we are healed. Now that word healed, look at that word healed there. If you look it up in the Hebrew, it is the word rapha. That word rapha is bigger than just physical healing. That word rapha means a complete healing, a complete restoration, back to the original. Matter of fact, it was Jesus who said, while the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy in your life, I came for this reason. Why was, it, why was Jesus born? Jesus said, I was born that you might have life abundantly. Not just eternally. He didn't come just to give you a ticket to heaven. He came to heal you physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And the greatest need we have is to be restored back to our original design in the image of a holy God. How did that happen? Through Jesus. Through his substitutionary death and through him being our great physician. Peter, just to make it clear, just so you would get it and understand the context of Isaiah, he would quote it. 1 Peter chapter 2 in verse 24, Peter would remind those he was preaching to under inspiration of the Holy Spirit. 
who himself, Jesus, who himself bore our sins in his own body. That sweet baby Jesus that was born in a cradle would live a perfect life and at the age of 33 would find himself hanging on a cross. Why? Because he was born to die. Why? Because as the great physician, the only way he could heal you was to take away the penalty of your sin. And so he bore your sin and my sin in his body. In a moment, you're going to receive the elements. That piece of bread is a picture, a reminder to help us remember. Remember why he was born and why he died. That his body would be broken and crushed so that I could be healed. You take that today, don't just look at it as a little piece of calorie. Look at it as the body that was broken for you. He himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. On the tree. I think it's fascinating that Christmas we place our gifts under a tree. We love to decorate them. We love to make them look so pretty and so bright. But let me remind you of the first Christmas tree. This tree. The tree where the only ornament that was hung was a beaten, bruised Savior, Jesus. The first Christmas tree brought us the first gift of grace. And it wasn't a pretty picture. But it was the light of the world. He bore our sins in his own body on that tree that we, having died to our sins, might live for righteousness for by whose stripes we are healed. Peter preaching Isaiah reminds his audience there is a great physician. There is one who can heal your diseases, sin. The only way, not by showing up at church during the Christmas season, not making it all the way to Christmas Eve and lighting a candle, Making your way from the cradle to the cross. Making your way to the understanding of who Jesus is and why he was born. He was born because he so loved you. He was born because you didn't love him. He was born because your sin would separate you from a holy God, but that holy God took on flesh and the unholy sin of man that we might be one with him. For by his wounds his stripes we are healed we now get ready to take the supper we're going to serve you both elements when you receive the first element just hang on to it until everybody in the church has been served the deacons will make their way back to the front and we'll take that together just like Jesus did with his disciples but as you receive these elements each time as you take it block out what's going on around you block out what the enemy's trying to whisper to you and remember a cradle a cross and an empty tomb. Let's pray with every head bowed and every eye closed. Praise God, by his stripes we're healed. But there may be somebody here today who needs a physician. There may be somebody here who's sick in their sin. They don't know the Lord. They are not saved. That was me for nine months as I would attend church with Cammie. I didn't know. I knew about baby Jesus. I knew about him being born in Bethlehem, but I didn't know how he could be born into my heart. Maybe that's you. Maybe today, you need to receive the gift of God's grace. You say, how do I do that? Well, you do it just like any other gift. You receive it. You say, well, I don't deserve it. Well, none of us do. But he offers it to all. He's willing that none should perish, but all come 
to everlasting life. Do you need the gift of God's grace? Say, God, I'm a sinner. Just confess what he already knows, why he came. God, I'm a sinner. Lord, today I open the door of my heart and I invite you in to be my Savior and to save me from my sin. If you already know the Lord, give him praise right now and thank him for that grace. If you just prayed to receive Christ, you get to celebrate with us in this moment because the Bible says you are now a child of God. All things are made new in your life this very moment. You get to celebrate because you now have the reason for the season. I'm going to ask the deacons to make their way to the front. As you continue to pray, I want to give you a couple of minutes while we get ready. I want you to take time for you to do what Paul said we should do, examine our hearts before we take the supper. I want you to do what the psalmist prayed. He prayed to God and said, God, examine me. Examine my heart and see if there be any wicked way in me. Would you be willing to pray that and say, Lord, show me if there's something in my heart that's not right. Before I take this remembrance, God, I want to be pure and clean with you. I want to confess all my sin. You need to do that. Take a moment from your heart to God's. Just get real. Just get transparent with him and let God cleanse it. He said that if you would confess it, he would cleanse you and forgive you of all of it. Take it to him right now. Lord, thank you being the Lamb of God. Yes, you're the Lion of Judah, but you came, born in a manger, to be the Lamb of God, to take away the sin of the world. And Lord, we remember what you did and what you were doing. And we know that you will return again, this time as the Lion of Judah, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And Lord, we declare that in this remembrance as we take this picture of your body and this picture of your blood. God, may we remember with hearts of worship we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Men, let's serve the church.
It's interesting as I look down at my particular piece of bread, it looks like stripes on there. Yours may or may not. It's a reminder how we were healed. Matter of fact, if you listen to all of Isaiah, let me just remind you what that prophecy in Isaiah 53 was all about. It wasn't just about getting healed in our physical disease. Listen to what the whole passage preaches. It sets us up for what we're about to do. Who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of parched ground. He had no stately form or majesty. It speaks of the fact that God became flesh. He grew up from a little baby to become a sinless man who would die on the cross. Who is this one that we should look upon him? nor his appearance, that we should be even attracted to him. As a matter of fact, it says here about Jesus, if you would have seen him, if you would have been walking on the planet with him during those days, he would have looked very naturally normal, nothing extraordinary, nothing glorious. You wouldn't see some halo floating over his head. You wouldn't even been drawn to him. He was despised. He was forsaken of men. He was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. Like one from whom men hide their face, he was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely our griefs he himself bore, our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves uh, esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. By his scourging we are healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us have turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he did not open his mouth like a lamb that is led to slaughter. Like a sheep that is silent before its shears. So he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away and as for his generation who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people to whom the stroke was due. His grave was assigned with wicked men, yet he was with a rich man in his death because he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth. But the Lord was pleased to crush him, putting him to grief. If he would render himself as a guilt offering, he will see his offspring, he will prolong his days, and the good pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hand. As a result of the anguish of his soul, he will see it and be satisfied. By his knowledge, the righteous one, my servant, will justify the many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will allot him a portion with the great. He will divide the booty with the strong, because he poured out himself to death, was numbered with the transgressors, yet he himself bore the sins of many and interceded for the transgressors. That's Christmas. That's why he was born. To live a perfect life and to lay down that perfect life for we who were not perfect. Jesus gathered with his disciples and he held up a piece of bread similar to this and he broke it and I always break mine. Why don't you do that? Just break it and be reminded of God's love for you. A broken body so he could be your great physician and heal you of all your diseases, all your sins. 
He said, this is my body which is broken for you. As often as you do this, remember me. Did you sing this as an act of praise back to God? Sweet Jesus Christ, my clarity.
Paul was instructing the church about how to remember well. He took them through the bread. He reminded them, he said, in the same way. He also took the cup that night, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. But listen to what Paul said next. For as often as you eat and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death, not done, until he comes. We're not just remembering his death. We're not just remembering the great physician who heals us of all of our diseases. We also are expecting him to come again. Amen. Aren't you ready? Are you ready? As often as we do this, let's remember who he is, what he did, and what he's going to do for each and every one of us. As often as you do this, remember him. It's always our custom to go out like the disciples did, singing a hymn of the faith or a song of the faith. Would you stand on your feet? Be back this Christmas Eve. Celebrate with us Christmas Eve. Join us online Sunday morning, and then we'll see you at the beginning of 2023. Let's sing this to God, and after you sing this to Him, you are dismissed in holy reverence. Dismissed.